0: Welcome to the Filmpulse.net podcast. This is episode number 76. My name is Adam. With me today we have Kevin. How are you, Kevin?
1: Uh, I'm doing all right.
0: Good, good. Well, we have an amazing show lined up today. First, we'll be speaking with director Sebastian Cordero on his new film Europa Report, which is hitting theaters August 2nd and currently playing on Video On Demand. Then we'll be talking about some of what we've been watching before, jumping into a review of Nicholas Winding Refn's Only God Forgives. And then finally, we'll be going over this week's movie predictions and DVD and Blu-ray releases. First up, let's speak with director Sebastian Cordero on his new film Europa Report, which is currently playing on VOD and Hitting Theaters August 2nd. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us. Uh, f- I want to first talk about Comic-Con because you're you're in San Diego right now, correct? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you had a big... Hall H panel. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how that went.
3: Yeah. Well, the the um, the panel went amazing. I mean, it was really. Um, I mean, I I it, it's my first time at at Comic Con, and um, it's a bit overwhelming. <laughs> <You> know, it's <laughs> a huge, huge thing, and uh, I um I I didn't realize what a big deal it was to have a Hall H uh, panel until. Uh, you know, literally a few minutes before, where, where uh, you know, with uh, with the producer uh, Ben Browning, we snuck our our heads out the, you know, through the through the curtain when we were mm-hmm. in the back and realized that there was about six thousand people back there, <laughs> and um, it was it, it was wonderful, you know, it was, but it but it but it was a bit intimidating and overwhelming, but really really cool.
0: And you had, uh... in addition to some of the the cast and crew you also had some uh some people from NASA
3: Yes, you? definitely. we had uh two scientists from uh j p l who were um you know they had been uh our uh, science advisors on the film and uh you know they they were uh very excited about you know about participating in in something like this because the film um yeah and uh i'm i'm glad that, that that things went this way but the film really i think met the expe- expectations so they've been uh you know they've been kind enough to to support uh with uh with with the promotion of the film as well and the panel was basically about um uh you know talking about europe report talking about uh some of the science behind the film and uh, to have them uh with us to um to basically be able to go into a little more detail uh to what uh what uh, some of the hard science uh, fact that we incorporated into the film was was really cool.
0: Now, so getting talking about the movie itself, you did you set out to make something that was more of a a hard fact-based science fiction story from the onset?
3: Well, from the moment I first read the screenplay, you know, this um, the, I, I was basically brought on board uh, when there when there was already a, a, a script and a, you know a concept on, on this film. One of the things that appealed to me the most was the fact that uh, uh, the film managed a great balance between uh, between being a, a, a you know a really entertaining, cool, thrilling. Uh, science fiction story, but uh, at the same time it kept its science facts uh, right, and I felt that that, um, that that really brought a lot, a lot to the film. You know, it, it didn't um, since we were also dealing with a film that is uh, that is uh, for a documentary. The fact that uh, the um, the information behind it and the, and the, and the science behind it is uh, is quite accurate uh, helped. Uh, helped a lot in making it more, more believable, you know, I think it's uh, the mixture of, of, of realism with also the value of, um, you know, of, 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 I think I would almost say of, uh, of almost uh, going to a mythical place like the, the moon of Europa uh, is, uh, is, 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 I think, the right, the right combination. So it definitely was one of the things that, that appealed to me the most about the project
0: now uh getting back to the the fact that it it is shot in a faux documentary found footage style uh, what what made you guys decide to to create it that way well I think
3: um, the fact that um, th- there's a couple of, of of crucial elements uh in the story that deal with uh, with uh, you know to begin with the fact that we're watching this this material, when when something went wrong with uh, with the mission, um, it, it it made a lot of sense to use to use the mm-hmm. the found footage uh, device. Even though you know, right now, um, when you say found footage, there's uh, uh, you know, the the uh, most a, a lot of people are are, are a little bit. Tired of the of the device, uh, but here it was uh, you know handled in a in a in a pretty unique way because we're dealing with the monitoring cameras from inside the ship, and uh, you know this is uh, um, you know high tech cameras you know uh, very different visually from what you usually see in found footage films where where it's usually a degraded you know mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. shaky home video look here here we we're talking about you know really a pristine very. Gorgeous image quality that uh, that of course would go through the process of, uh, of of a certain degradation through the film as as uh, as things are happening in the ship and things are happening to, to to the cameras. But I thought it was it was actually a really really interesting framework uh, on how to how to tell the story and uh, you know and there's a couple of, of of important reveals in the story that come about from the fact of of uh see, seeing it from from this perspective um also since we were handling the film more from the science you know the, uh, the 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 science side of things uh it was also pretty cool to think of it uh when we were planning it for instance with with uh, my cinematographer Enrique cheriak you know we would think of each shot not as okay, this is the coolest more aesthetic pleasing. Uh, uh, shot that we can think of. No, the, the thought was l- rather than thinking like that, it's okay scientifically or 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 logistically for this mission. Why would uh, the mission planners put a camera and the spaceship here? What's the functionality of it? And uh, and and suddenly you start playing with a different set of tools than you would in a in a normal movie. And that was a, uh, And 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 that actually added a lot, a lot to what we were doing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same, same I think, the same came true for for uh, for all the other elements in the film. You know, we actually shot this on um, the interior of the spaceship was was built uh, in uh, in a soundstage in in, in Brooklyn actually, but uh, it was a a, a unique uh, set because it was a set that would work. 360 degrees, we set up eight different cameras uh, that we could roll simultaneously, so it was a very immersive experience for the actors, and it it really helped capture this notion of being in a claustrophobic, you know, small, in interior of a spaceship environment
0: yeah that just covered pretty much like every big question i had because i did see (laughs) i did see that (laughs) i did see that it was filmed in brooklyn and i I wanted to bring that uh, up because i thought it was so interesting because the film looks amazing like thank you the just the the way the different camera tricks that you use and the different angles and stuff and i think that this is a really great use of the found footage mechanic, and like you said, I think that it's, sometimes there's this unfair stigma that gets associated with that style, when yes. there, there's plenty of movies out there that use it a, in a really effective way, like yours. Now, what I wanted to ask about next was the budget of this film, because mm-hmm. this, you were working with a decidedly limited budget, right? I think yeah. I read somewhere, it was like, around 10 million somewhere
3: yes definitely under under 10 million uh and um, you know I'm it's, it's funny because the question gets gets brought up a lot and and you know we're not supposed to say exactly how much but it, but it's definitely you know it it it's it's under ten million for sure and uh and uh so for for a film of this uh, scope and this you know this type of ambition um it was you know we had to make very specific choices early on as to you know where do we want uh you know our 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 money to go so that so that uh we can make the most out of what we're seeing, you know, if we're dealing with zero gravity, okay, it's got to look like, uh, like, uh, like the zero gravity was present throughout the whole journey. But, uh, but you got to choose your zero moments, you know, you got to choose the moments where, where, where it really Plays really really well and and make the most out of them and uh, and also play structurally structurally with it so that when you don't have it it 's justified story wise it's justified, story-wise, it's justified uh, in 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 the context of the journey you do have an uh, uh, you know a, an area in the ship which which has zero, you know which naturally has zero gravity, and you have an area with that that through centrifugal force um, generates artificial gravity. Um, and, 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 which, which is what you would have anyway on a long, you know, long-term, uh, deep space journey like that, uh, uh, so, so, we were actually, you know, by incorporating things that were, you know, real, uh, or that would be real in a, in a, in a journey like this, we were actually also, being, we would be able to cover ourselves a little bit, so that not everything that we see inside the ship had to had to have zero gravity. You know, mm-hmm. and examples like that abound. You know, in every, in, I think in in, in in every aspect of the film
0: itself. Yeah, absolutely. How did you when you were doing the the zero gravity scenes? Did you did you incorporate CG? Did you use wires? Was it sort of a combination of the two? It's a combination
3: of. Everything that that we could think of you know it's like when 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 uh, it's, 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 it's like when there's a magic trick and uh, you know each aspect of it uses a different
2: <laughs> uh, a
3: different technique or a different approach so that so that you can't see the the uh, the trick here you know in in the most uh, you know complex shots the more the more sophisticated ones we had wire work and then you know wire removal and some some cg but there were also many moments actually where where we were doing what what I, what, what I would call at the time, you know, our performance, you know, zero gravity, which was having, uh, having, for instance, one of the actors lay, you know, lay down flat on their stomach on a, on a yoga ball with a green man actually helping, you know, uh, them uh, with, uh, with their feet or their, of their hands. Uh, uh, And since we were dealing with um, fixed cameras, uh, removing that green yoga ball or that green man was was very easy. You know that that was like one of our simplest visual effects shots, <laughs> and uh, and and actually quite effective because the actor is integrated into the ship, interacting with the elements, and uh, and if you combine that and then the next shot, someone is on uh, on on wires. Uh, suddenly it, it it all it all starts uh, adding up and 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 becoming becoming uh, actually quite. Uh, you know, uh, you start getting a quite nice uh, zero G effect. Um, you know, with with all the, the these combinations of te- of techniques.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that looked great, and I think that all of the interior stuff that you did in the film, just the the design of all the interiors looked so great. Like the the cockpit view, how you could see back into the other room where they were. It almost looked like they were sitting. Uh, perpendicular to the people in the cockpit. Yes. I thought that that all looked fantastic. Did you? Thank you. I, I
3: have to mention that if
0: if you you know
3: if you're bringing that up, that um, we we you know we were very lucky to have uh, Eugenio Caballero as a production designer, who you know he he basically he won an Oscar for uh, Pan's Labyrinth* a few years ago, and okay. uh, someone I've collaborated with uh, on a couple of films uh, before, and uh, and you know he's. He designed this ship. Um, we we spent quite a bit of time early on uh, in, in, in figuring out what the interior of the spaceship would be like visually, and and, and
0: he did an amazing, amazing job. So was, was there any kind of referencing as far as current space stations or spaceships that you were using for inspiration when it came to the design?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean since we had uh you know help from 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 NASA and JPL we were able to look at at a lot of the projects that 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 exist uh, uh you know uh currently but also you know there were there was some inspiration from 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 other science fiction films you know you can't i think do a a, a sci-fi film and and ignore 2001 for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you know there's so much in there that 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 works so well that it that that it definitely uh informs a lot a lot of a lot of decisions uh you know we're making along the way and uh, but but i think it's uh, interesting enough the, the 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 most the you know i think that the, the strongest reference we had Throughout was uh, actually looking at real footage from from the International Space Station, where you know things don't necessarily look all nice and stylized, but uh, but they're very functional. So, for mm-hmm. instance, if you have uh, um, you know cables uh, around the place or uh, uh, different different elements that that seem very messy when you look at that actual you know, real footage, the reason behind it is that it has to be functional, that if something falls apart and needs to be fixed, uh, it, it needs to be very easily reachable. So a lot of the thing, even though the aesthetic in the ship is, you know, I think very, very beautiful, there's a lot of things that, that feel, uh, you know, intentionally a little bit uh, um, more less stylized and more old-fashioned and almost like fol- like uh, following uh, a little bit um the 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 logic behind uh you know military equipment that 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 is not that you know that that has the high the, the the highest technology but that doesn't necessarily have to be the smallest more compact element but it actually has to be practical right. if if you need to take it apart
0: yeah absolutely yeah and i think that that lended itself to to just making everything look so real like uh, that was the thing that I liked so much about this movie is that everything just felt very real. Um, and I know that the term hard sci-fi gets thrown around a lot, but I think that this definitely fits that category. What I'm wondering is, what are your thoughts? Do you think that there could be life on Europa?
3: I mean, the the more you talk to these scientists, the more you realize that... that that the possibilities are pretty, pretty high up there, you know? I mean, what we don't know is what kind of life. Most likely we're talking about microorganisms or, or, or something that, uh, that that you know it would be like a single single cellular uh life form but but at the same time they don't rule out the possibility of you know this this is an ocean that's been protected by this layer of ice for billions of years and uh and the minute you 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 talk about uh about uh, what could have formed in that ocean you compare it to to what happens here on earth uh, down at the bottom of the sea in places where you know a few decades ago it was you know it was thought that it would be impossible to have some type of life without without sunlight uh, et cetera suddenly you you look at, 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 a, at a at a similar habit that and you think, well, why not you know it's, it's it, the possibility is definitely there
0: right absolutely well, let's do some quick plugging real quick. The film is currently on playing on demand right now and it hits theaters in select cities August second is that correct Yes, that is correct all right great uh, any anything else you want to tell the listeners as far as where to go to to check into the movie
3: well i mean just uh um it 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 seems that people are you know responding really well to it you know if you're if you're if If you're in one of like the the main cities where the film is opening on August two, I would suggest holding off to watch it on a big screen. But if you're not, yeah. you know go ahead and 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 get it on the demand right away you know and and find out what, what everyone is is talking about
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Sebastian, thank you so much for uh taking some time to speak with us All right, thank you, sir thanks again, Sebastian. Again, the film is Europa Report, and you can check it out now on video on demand, however. If you get a chance, I would say see this in theaters when it opens August 2nd. Yeah,
1: if it comes around. Yeah, if
0: it comes around your area, I highly recommend checking it out in a theater because the visuals are definitely worth it. Uh, Before we get into some of what we've been watching, I just want to go over some news. As most of you know, (laughs) Comic-Con is happening right now. We're recording this on Sunday, so there's probably... Still, some things that are going to be announced later, but so far, a couple highlights okay. for me. Yeah. First off, Family Guy Simpsons crossover. Did you hear about this?
1: They're they're going to finally do that.
0: Yep. Yep. I swear to, season. I swear this to season, God, if they do singing,
1: I'm gonna be so pissed off.
0: Mm, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, I don't know. There could be some sort of musical number in there, I'm but it's gonna be. I, never, I think that what it is is the griffins go to springfield and end up staying with the simpsons yes sounds amazing i think that it's it's family guy that's doing it so they're just having all the simpsons uh voices on on as guest stars on family guy gotcha but i i think that that sounds awesome uh Big news out of DC. They announced their the next Man of Steel movie is going to be a Batman Superman team up.
1: Oh. That's
0: huge. Now I
1: wonder who's going to play Batman.
0: I don't know. I don't know who's going to play Batman. Who's going to play I don't Batman? I don't, you know, a new Batman, I'm fine with. I'm okay with a new Batman. They did confirm that Henry Cavill is returning as Superman. Okay. And uh I don't know who's going to be Batman, but the movie's going to be coming out in 2015. Okay. And then 2016, there's going to be a Flash movie, finally. All right. And then 2017 is the Justice League.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: So that's that's pretty cool. There's there's some other things. I mean, there's a ton of information coming out of Comic-Con. We have a good bit of uh stuff up on the site right now so you can check that out. Ernie is actually at Comic Con right now, so he's been sending us reports periodically, mm-hmm. and apparently it's it's pretty crazy. I wanted to ask. Uh, there, there's also a bit of a bit of news this week. I guess it was last week that it was really hitting. I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a a reviewer, film critic. Her oh. name's Leanne Spiderbaby.
1: Oh, I thought I thought we were gonna talk about. I thought Rex redid something again.
0: No, he didn't do anything this week that I know of. But <laughs> uh, Lee so Leanne Spider Baby is she's a horror movie reviewer. She reviews for uh, Fangoria, or no, I think it's maybe Fangoria, but definitely Fearnet and a bunch of other movie sites. Uh, yeah. Came out this week that she plagiarized her reviews. Nice, heavily plagiarized her reviews. And she got caught And she's actually dating Quentin Tarantino She's known as being Quentin Tarantino's girlfriend Okay So basically she got caught plagiarizing And then she just disappeared off the face of the earth Her website went down Her Twitter account was deleted Everything was just immediately gone uh, Okay In this day and age How can you think that you can plagiarize And get away with it
1: I, I don't, I don't know I'm guessing because maybe she's thinking that there's so many people that you're not going to find it. Yeah, well. Like, but, you know, people's not people aren't going to sift through all the reviews. Yeah, That true, are right? on the internet. That's true. She probably, I mean, she probably picks you know yeah. very obscure ones.
0: Yeah, for all I mean, for all we know, she lifted some of our stuff. I don't even know. Now that her site's down, I can't go back and check. But either way, don't plagiarize if you're. Thinking about reviewing movies, don't plagiarize. It's stupid. Come up with your own ideas.
1: Yeah, it's bizarre.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Uh, one other bit of Comic-Con news that I was interested in is that Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum, and Kobe Smulders were uh, confirmed for the Lego movie as voices. All right. And... Jonah Hill's going to be Green Lantern, Channing Tatum is Superman, and Col- Kobe Smolders is Wonder Woman.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and I think that that's that's great. I mean, the cast already has Chris Pratt, Will Farrell, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Nick Offerman, Allison Brie, Liam Neeson, and Morgan Freeman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they also said, and th- the directors of the Lego movie are the same, same guys that did 21 Jump Street. Yeah. And they said that they are using almost all stop motion Lego animation in this. Good. They said that there, there are a few parts that have CG, but they said that when they were making it, their goal was to make it completely seamless and so that you can't even tell. Should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, the Have you seen the trailer?
1: No, I have not seen the trailer.
0: I I laughed a lot in the trailer. I thought it was really funny. So, I'm I'm actually really excited for the Lego movie. I think it's going to be cool. A, I think it's cool that they were able to get like all the superheroes and stuff like that from all the different Lego properties. I think it's just
1: it's so amazing the the turnaround that Lego's was able to do in the past couple of years. They're they're just They're they're unstoppable
0: They're killing it They got Marvel They got DC Lord of the Rings Harry Potter I mean like Every big franchise You can think of Legos rocking it out Star Wars Indiana Jones It's
1: unbelievable It's
0: crazy And I love I mean I love Lego I think that I was so into Legos When I was a kid But I mean Legos back then were You know It's like Oh you can Build a spaceship. Yeah, there's like pirates and knights and <laughs>
1: like that's it. Now it's just taken over.
0: Yeah, Power there's a. Uh, they actually just came out with a <laughs> Lego coffee table book recently. I was looking at it at the bookstore a couple weeks ago. It was really cool looking. All right, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. I saw a ton of stuff this week. I saw like 12 movies. <laughs> so, oh. oh my. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to breeze through them. Okay. Uh first up I saw Fuck for Forest.
1: Hey, I remember this.
0: Yeah. We were this was one that we missed at South by, so I got a chance to see it now. Hated it. I'm so glad that we did not go see this at South by. It okay. is it's ridiculous. So the premise is there's this non profit organization that makes um porn porn videos and sells them in order to raise money to help uh save land and save forests. Okay. But, but the funny thing is, these people, I mean, you, you could imagine what these people are like, but they're like, it's like they're trying to be hippies. It's like they're going out of their way to be dirty hippies. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so annoying, and it's like they're just cartoon characters. Like, I can't even believe that these people are real. And they're, and they're just completely unlikable. But the funny thing is, okay? So they they end up raising a ton of money, like 400 grand or something. And yeah. they go to this remote village to try to save to, to help them. And the people get there and they're like, "Is this for real? Like get out of here. We don't want you here. We don't want your help." So they end up leaving, and then that's the that's the end.
2: Uh.
0: So, so essentially <laughs> it's like even the people that they go out to to help are like nope. No nope. thank you. And we don't, we don't want your money. Please there, please. Was a, there was a there's this really annoying narration through the throughout the film. Uh like esque narration that it, Fantastic. Yeah, it was I just did not like it at all. Then I saw Dealing with Idiots, the new Jeff Garland movie. This is playing on demand right now. Uh, I was a little lukewarm on this as well. There, are, I, uh, it definitely made me laugh. There are definitely funny parts to this. If you're into curb your enthusiasm, this is very similar. I just, I really love the the part where Fred Willard's talking about how they would destroy the kids
1: if they <laughs> play if they played against the kids. <laughs> yeah,
0: Fred Willard is really funny in this. I mean, there were there were quite. Quite a few parts that made me laugh, but overall, I just was, it was like, eh, you know, yeah. it, it was not great. Then I saw the crash reel. This is the Lucy Walker documentary about um, Kevin Pierce, the snowboarder. This is the one that Ryan was all about. Yes, Ryan, like- and he did see that this week because <clears throat> it was he- on, yeah, it was on HBO, and he loved. Did it. Did he love it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually loved it too. It was amazing. It was incredibly good. It was. There was the only one thing I didn't like, and that was like the little um like the little name plates that would come up to like when they would name people they tried to make it look like it was like handwritten and I just didn't think I didn't like the way that looked, but that's such a minor quibble <laughs> that it just means nothing i I have a review for this up on the site this is currently playing on h b o go so you can check it out there it's it's really good. I was afraid that it was going to get into <laughs> kind of preachy territory when it comes to traumatic head injury. Mm-hmm. And that it's like, that's something I've seen many times before. I've seen a yeah. ton of things on uh traumatic brain injury and I just didn't need to see it again. Like I know what that does, you know, but this, it does touch on it because obviously Kevin Pierce sustains a very very bad brain injury but that's really not the focus like they touch on it but it really just kind kind of follows his life and the thing that was really impressive was the amount of footage they had it was almost as if they were making this documentary from like the time he was born up until now i mean it's just tons of footage
1: well, if you think about it a lot of those guys you know that do snowboarding and skateboarding,
0: every time they go out they're filming
1: right like you're always filming,
0: yeah, yeah and that's that's exactly how how this was I mean, they filmed everything up to the accident and beyond, so it it really gets into a lot of a lot of great stuff, very touching film, I would say, but it's also very, very sad uh because one of the One of the people they interview for the film actually dies when they were filming. So yeah, like while they were still making the movie, uh, I can't remember her name. It's terrible. She's a, she's Uh, a skier. Oh, Sarah Burke. Yeah. Sarah Burke. Yeah. So that, that was really sad, but, uh, overall I would highly recommend it. Uh, then I saw a movie called beneath, which is a, a horror movie that we reviewed.
1: I, I saw that you wanted to pull Rex Reed on this one.
0: Yes, I did. It's <clears throat> terrible. Just terrible. I mean, it's so cliched and typical in every way. And and it pisses me off when filmmakers try to shoehorn in this allegory. You know, like different different things into horror. Mm-hmm.
2: What, do, because what do they try to do in the air?
0: Some, Because sometimes it just feels so cheap. <clears throat> like, I'm not buying it. So in this movie, it's about a group of kids that goes out on a boat on a lake and they get attacked by a giant fish. Mm-hmm. But what happens is the, the kids turn on each other and start mm-hmm. kind of killing each other and sacrificing each other to the fish. Yeah. So basically, it's like, who's the real monster? Oh. Humanity is the real monster. But it's like, it's just so stupid because... If these people and two of them were brothers, so if these people are supposedly friends, they would not do that to each other. I'm sorry, but if we got stuck out on a lake and there was a giant killer fish, I'm not dumping Ryan into the water.
1: I would, I would throw him out my heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but but no,
0: the the thing that's really ridiculous is the fact that they <laughs> never address the fact that. Apparently, none of these people carry cell phones. Like, yeah. you yeah. can just call
1: somebody. In, in, is it like a giant fish? Yeah. Is, it's it like tr- jump, a, is it jumping out of the water, or is it just sort of like knocking into the boat? It just on?
0: knocks into the boat. I mean, it, it does come out of the water a little bit, but mostly it just knocks into the boat.
1: So, why don't you just all row, Okay, and whoever makes it, makes it.
0: Because... They're idiots, and they try to kill the fish with the oars, and oh, they en- and the fish ends up eating the oars. Jesus, uh, it's it's terrible. And then when they finally do decide to dump somebody in the water, they end up arguing after they throw them in, and they don't bother rowing, so they don't even get anywhere. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> this is, uh, I believe, this is <laughs> on demand right now too. It it originally aired on the Chiller Network.
1: There's a there, okay, so there's a network called Chiller.
0: Yeah. That's kinda uh, cool. I saw a movie called Wasteland. This is also playing on VOD. This is a UK film and I like this <laughs> I like this a lot, actually. It's it's kind of a it's a heist film, but it's also a revenge tale. Uh very similar to early Guy Ritchie. Okay. Like I would I would say that the inf- the the influence there is quite <clears throat> heavy. The way that the, the camera moves and stuff, it's very Guy Ritchie-esque. The, the dialogue is very fast, very snappy. You have to really pay attention, though, because they have very thick accents. Really? And sometimes it can be hard to understand what they're saying. But I overall, really fun. Liked quite a bit. Uh, that is coming out in limited release next weekend, I believe. But you <laughs> can see it on demand right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then I saw probably what is going to be the biggest piece of shit of the entire year. And that's a movie called absence. Uh, we have a review for this up on the site. Gina reviewed it. She gave it a one out of 10. I'm giving it a half. <laughs> wow. It is uh found footage horror, but it's, it's the worst kind of found footage horror there is. And it's it's kind of fitting that we just talked to just a... talk to Sebastian Cordero about this because this is what gives found footage a bad name. It's basically a Blair Witch ripoff that it, it it's so it, it doesn't even take the good things from Blair Witch. It just takes huh. all the stuff that's annoying about it. and the the premise was interesting. like it was about a woman who was pregnant. She wakes up one day and her baby's gone.
1: Yeah. See, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. That's interesting, right? They don't do anything with it. It's the dumbest. Basically, there's her brother is filming the entire time. He's making a documentary for a class that he's in and he's talking nonstop the whole movie, making dumb jokes. And he's not funny at all. And it totally that in and of itself ruins the movie. Because basically, it's just a slow burn of them hanging out, doing nothing, and then something something happens at the end that's not satisfying at all <laughs> uh, let's just say i don't I don't think that they try to hide it in the trailer, but it's it involves aliens,
1: uh, of course it does,
0: yeah, so I cannot recommend that at all. Skip that that'll probably be one of the worst movies on oh, my yeah. list, yeah, nice. Uh, then I saw I Drink Your Blood from 1970. This was part of my Grindhouse Weekly feature. Um, you know, I I liked this more than I thought I would. It it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> like, It's about this cult of sorts that goes to this town, and they start kind of terrorizing some of the people. They end up raping a girl. And the girl's little brother, in retaliation... He kills a rabid dog, extracts the blood from the rabid dog, injects the blood into meat pies, and, okay. and feeds the meat pies to the the cult people. And they all get rabies, <laughs> and then it turns into this zombie movie where there's these crazy rabid hippies wow. barreling through this town, infecting everybody they come into contact with.
1: Okay. Yeah. This, sounds, this sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. This just sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. It was the first it was also the first film to get an X rating based on violence. Wow. It's it's pretty bloody. I mean there's there's like some limbs being chopped off here and there, but uh you know, if you're if you're up for a good laugh, you might want to check it out. The cover for this movie has nothing to do with the movie itself. Nor does the title, I Drink Your Blood. There's no there's no blood drinking in this movie. So I don't know why they went that route. But originally it was called hydrophobia because apparently if you have rabies, you're afraid of water. So what a lot of the people would do if they were being chased, they would just jump into some water and splash <laughs> the the <laughs> rabid people. And they would run away. <laughs> it was oh ridiculous. Oh, my God. Uh, Then I saw the Conjuring, big release this week, killing Mm -hmm. it at the box office too. By the way, I don't know if you saw that.
1: No, I didn't.
0: Yeah, it's it's killing it. It's great. I no. It it is. Uh, I don't know. I think you're not going to make me
1: have to watch it.
0: I think that you would like it actually. It doesn't have a lot of the kind of hokey things that are present in Insidious. Oh, thank God! Does away with that. Um, I think in my review I said where Insidious would be poltergeist, this would be like The Exorcist, where this is more just kind of straight atmospheric horror. I didn't think it was like the scariest movie I've ever seen or anything like that. Like, I was expecting it to be like a nonstop, you know,
1: piss piss,
0: piss your pants type of thing. (laughs)
1: Just that room full of people pissing themselves.
0: Yeah. And and there are, I mean, there are some jump scares. There are quite a few jump scares, but it doesn't, I don't think that it relies on the jump scares. There's a lot of just creepy atmospheric type stuff that happens. And I think that it's James Wan's best film. I think the fact that it takes place in the seventies makes it better. It's just the, the look of it, it. makes it feel like it's an old style horror movie. Yeah. It has a great soundtrack. Um, I just, there's very little to pick apart with this movie. I just enjoyed it immensely. Great performances. Uh, I like everybody in it. I like Patrick Wilson a lot, too. And I like uh, Vera Formiga. Firm- Formiga. Yeah. So this is one to see in the theater, though. Like, I don't know, like, if you rented it, for instance, and watched it on, like, your laptop or something, I don't know if it would have the same effect. If you see it on the big screen, you know, and have where the volume's turned up and it's dark, and I think that it's much more effective. But, yeah, I I enjoyed it very much. Again, review's up for that. Saw Creepshow 2. I'm not going to really talk about this too much because it's pretty boring and just average I didn't really like Creepshow 2. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I liked Creepshow 1 a lot, but this one was, this was one of these like kind of boredom watches. So this is a horror anthology film, by the way, if you're not familiar with the series. This is, it's three, three stories um, from George Romero and Stephen King. Yeah, I'd say skip that. Uh saw I saw the act of killing, which we're going to I'm going to hold off on talking about that till next week when we do a feature review of that. Um but I will say this, this there's nothing else like this movie. That's yeah. that's really all I'll say. It's incredible. And uh then I saw Red 2 and the funny thing about Red 2 is uh combining it cuz I saw Red 2 and Only God Forgives on the same day. And yeah. I actually liked Red 2 more than I liked Only God Forgives, which is not saying much, which is going to be a little hint to... Uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah. I um, did notice that the,
1: there's a lot of uh, correlations going on here. There is. Because um, is it not the cinematographer for Red 2? is the same cinematographer for Europa Report.
0: Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. even know. I didn't know that.
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
0: Uh, the cinematography's decent in this. I mean, it it's not one of those movies where it stands out. So I yeah. don't really remember if there were certain things I liked or not. Uh, Red Two is it's pretty average. Like nope. I would say, I would say Rennet or maybe a cheap matinee. It's got there's there's some things that are fun with it. There is there is fun to be had. If you liked the first one, you'll probably have fun with this one. But some of it is so ridiculous. I mean, just the plot in and of itself is... We're getting into, like, Transporter 3 territory here. (laughs) (laughs) Some of it is just so ridiculous. And there, there are a few things, like some slow motion action shots that are laughably bad. But everybody... I like everybody in it for the most part, and everybody does a pretty fine job. I mean, I love watching Helen Mirren shoot people with a sniper rifle. <laughs> like, that's great. I would, I would go see any movie that involves Helen Mirren shooting somebody with a sniper rifle or melting a body with acid, <laughs> <laughs> you know, while, while she's dressed up in, like, an elegant gown.
1: Well, she's a, she's a classy lady.
0: Yeah. So, light, very light recommend for Red 2. I think, uh, what did I give it on the site? A 5 out of 10? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where give I'm sitting with Red five. 2. That, that's all I got. That's
1: all you got. <clears throat> okay. I did, I had, uh, essentially, I pulled a U this week, and I watched a lot of disappointing films. <laughs>
0: I like how I that's that's just the standard. <laughs> Where I watch nothing but crap.
1: <laughs> I just I don't know how you do it, but the the worst part is is I watched films that are supposed to be good. Um, and of course, I started off with the uh, Robert Brisson, who I remember talking about with you a couple years ago. I think it was actually like right before we started Film Pulse and. I was telling you about a movie called Pickpocket. Mm hmm If if you remember this, and I I was talking to you about Brisson's acting method. Yeah. Where, you know, completely devoid of emotion. So he just, you know, over and over again, you know, like 50 takes until all the emotion's gone. Essentially, they take a step forward. They're looking at the ground. They look up, say their line, put their head back down. That's the entire fucking movie. And the movie I'm talking about is... Oh Hazar Balthazar, which looking through his filmography, I thought that this one I would enjoy. I was really excited for this. this is a, this is a guy that has the most films on the sight and sound, uh, you know, top films of all time. right He has seven. He has seven films on there. Um, and I, 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 can't, I don't get it. I can't stand Prasán at all. He, I think he's terrible. he's absolutely terrible. I'm trying I'm trying really hard to figure it out. I mean, I've had some discussions here on Letterboxd with people and I I get a little bit of an insight as to what people are seeing but I I can't recommend it. It's just, think of Malik's structuring where you can definitely see where Malik gets it from. So it's just it'll be like, you know, two second clip fade cut to two second clip Mm -hmm. fade cut to ten second clip fade cut and it's just so much of it is inconsequential. It's just, it doesn't there's actually a scene where the woman just walks into the stable and goes Balthazar and then fade cuts. That's it. That's the scene. So Balthazar is the donkey and you follow the donkey's life from birth to spoiler alert death at the end <laughs> and it sort of mirrors the the girl's life Marie and essentially he's for the most part he's, he's beaten most of his life and just you know worked to death pretty much and I've read so many places where i like oh he's such a noble creature and he's so saintly no he's a donkey that's what donkeys do like you can just do whatever you want to a donkey and it just stands there and blinks so I, I don't I don't quite get it and it's just infuriating really I can't stand it the cinematography's terrible the editing's terrible the lighting's terrible pacing terrible acting terrible just all of it's terrible so that was a huge, huge disappointment. Hmm. Uh, and then I followed it up with a movie called Fat Girl. In 2001, this is from Catherine Brela, another French film. It's about uh, two sisters. They're about, I think they're 14, 15, or 15 and 16. They're on holiday. And, you know, the one is a little bit chubby. And the other one is, you know, supposed to be... This unbelievably beautiful teenage girl. So apparently they sort of ate this uh, competition. You know who loses their virginity first. Mm-hmm. So while they're on vacation, and this is like the entire film. Of course, the the good looking of the sisters runs into a guy that's entirely too old, and they hit it off, and it's really creepy. Like he's like your stereotypical um, smooth talking guy. Mm -hmm. It just, like, the way that he gets her to sleep with him, is just so creepy. And he was wearing an earring and, like, a baseball hat the entire time, which makes it even creepier. So, I I don't know why in the world she sleeps with him, but she does. And, like, that's the entire film for, like, I'd say 80, 90% of it. And then the ending is just comes out of nowhere, completely left-field shock ending, which is pure insanity. And I was sort of pissed off at first because I thought, well, the way that you ended the film completely makes everything beforehand extraneous. Like, there's no reason for it whatsoever. But mm-hmm. then to think about it a little bit, I think that that was sort of the point. It was because the, the beginning portion of the film, there's so much melodrama to everything. And it's, oh, losing your virginity is so important and love and sex. And I think that at the end, it was just sort of smashing all of those ideas. So I say that that's a light recommend, because, I mean, the ending, it should be seen. It's
0: pretty, pretty shock, shocking. I- I've almost watched this several times. I just never got around to it. And it's also, it's, it's uh for me
1: at least, it's very interesting seeing, you know, sexuality from a woman's point of view. You know, because yeah, it's, fe- it's a female director. It's not... A- male director and the way that she goes through it and everything is it's really interesting to watch
0: yeah that's why i like that uh turn me on damn it movie yeah there there needs
1: to be more of them because the usually what men make is completely ridiculous and it's just like filled with all of their fantasies but Mm -hmm. this is more, more realistic i mean the men do look terrible in this film yeah i mean they're 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 not good people Uh, And then I followed this up with Cronenberg's A History of Violence, which I was hoping was Eastern Promises. Turns out it wasn't. (laughs) Uh, This is not what I expected at all. This This was quite simply terrible. There's massive, massive plot holes that I just couldn't get around that just really destroyed the film. The hokey acting, which... I'm guessing they did it because it's supposed to be small town, like middle America type deal thing going on. Because I think what it's in Indiana.
0: I don't. I don't remember. I, th- I think it's Indiana. I know it's supposed to be in the <clears> suburbs <throat> somewhere.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it's terrible. It's it starts off really really well. There's a there's a couple of scenes that are I'm just like yes, let's do this, and then they get to a scene, and I don't know if you remember this, the baseball scene. Yes. With Vico Mortensen's son, which was like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I just, you lost me. I'm sorry, you lost me after that. It was just, it was so, it's so cheesy. There was way too much cheese in that scene. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. But I, remember, I did watch it. I didn't, I didn't go rex read, read on it. I did finish it.
0: Well, I remember liking this a lot, but I, there's no way that I can possibly defend it because I can't, I haven't seen it for years so i forget a lot of what happened in it
1: and then i was like i'm thinking yeah it was a decent film i can see why people like it it was i can see it being entertaining and all and then i find out that william hurt was nominated for an oscar for it Mm -hmm. and he's he's literally in the film for maybe i'd say max like seven to ten minutes like near the end yeah yeah and his acting is terrible i just completely confused. Based and on a comic book. I'm not sure if yes. you knew that. And that's what I don't maybe Cronenberg nailed the feel and the tone of the graphic novel. You know, with the hokiness and everything. I don't think so, but Okay.
0: <laughs> I've read I actually read the graphic novel years ago. It's it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's
1: well the the film sucks. It's pretty shitty. I did not like it. Couldn't, couldn't take it. Couldn't take it seriously after that baseball scene. Just couldn't do it. <laughs> oh. And then I watched uh, Grabbers.
0: Grabbers.
1: Grabbers. Uh, this film is what it is. You know, it's a creature feature that harkens back to the creature features of the '80s and early '90s, and I think it's slightly enjoyable. Uh, it sticks to the formula big time. But then again, it really makes it really has no pretenses about it. You know that going in, mm-hmm. and I think they they set out what they what they wanted to do, and I think that they did it. You know, and essentially grabbers from from wherever out in space come and they suck all your blood out, and the only thing that can stop them is having a high alcohol content in your blood because they're allergic to it. Yeah, and you would think that that would have. Just tons and tons of laughs. But it really seems like they missed an opportunity here. I mean, there's barely any laughs. I didn't laugh you know, at all. The yeah. only thing that I slightly laughed at is what the the bartender makes he mods a super soaker into a flamethrower and how he has the little wick on there. And mm-hmm. just them drunkenly trying to light that and how he like turns into like an alpha male badass and he's just screaming. That was that made me chuckle a little bit. And that's about it. I, I just I really think, think that you really missed an opportunity here for a lot of laughs.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I thought that most of the comedy didn't didn't land for me. No, and it's I mean, and it has that uh, early
1: '90s '80s like heart to it. You know, you got that yeah cheesy music going on and the love interest, and he overcomes one of his addictions, which he can kind of, He overcomes entirely too easily. Yeah. You don't just get your flask back and throw it away and be like, yep, I'm done.
0: That's it. It doesn't fucking happen, I can tell you that.
1: But that's like a light recommend. If you're into those types of movies, I think you'll probably enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Tremors is still. still yeah, Tremors. That's the thing. Like, just go back
1: and watch Tremors. I think it's actually playing on Netflix.
0: So if you're looking for that, just watch Tremors. Yeah, Tremors is definitely better. I sort of want to watch Tremors now. I'd love. Love tremors. And that's it. All right. Uh well, let's go ahead and just get right into our review of Nicholas Winding Reffin's Only God Forgives. This is currently playing in theaters and on demand, so you can check this out from the comfort of your own home. The film stars Ryan Gosling, Kristen Scott Thomas. Uh the synopsis states Julian, a drug smuggler thriving in Bangkok's criminal underworld, sees his life get even more complicated when his mother compels him to find and kill whoever is responsible for his brother's recent death. Why don't we go ahead and start with you, Kevin? Now, we do have a review up for this on our site, and Gina gave it a 10 out of 10. Gina did. So, where are you, where are you at, Kevin? Kevin? This is what do you think?
1: <laughs> this is
0: essentially
1: a reversal of when me and Gina talked about Spring Breakers, and I gave Spring Breakers a 10 out of 10. Right, and I, yeah. I think she gave it a 4. She gave it a 4. Yeah, I give Only God Forgives a 4. There you that's, go. That, that's where I stand. This was this was fucking irritating. It was just unbelievably irritating.
0: Sophomoric, really. I think... Uh... <laughs> it's... it's I think I think like what you were saying with the grabbers thing, missed opportunities here. Like this movie had so much potential to be something great, but it was like uh it was like Reffin decided to go it was like he was he, he was just going too artistic with it.
1: See, I was now we we talked about this a number of times. I was okay with the sort of the surreal take on it and the style, I mean, we had a long discussion before we both saw it was, you know, I was getting pissed off that people were saying that it was style over substance and I was actually excited that it was style over substance, but I mean, I love the style, I love the look of it the images, the, the soundtrack, everything's great this barely, barely thin, thin plot that's there with heavy handed symbolism that's just it's ridiculous. I mean, elementary use of symbolism and metaphor. It's just awful. It's so terrible, and it's just incessant, just in your face, constantly, just reminding you, Oedipus, Oedipus. It's like holy shit. Just shut up, please. I I wish it was a silent film.
0: No, it, it almost I mean, was.
1: Yeah, it it would have been better if it was. I just, uh, I couldn't take it.
0: I thought that uh, I will I will say that it. Was amazing looking. Uh, you, this is one of these films that you can take a screen grab of any frame and hang it on your wall, and it'll look great. I yeah, mean, this oh, definitely this movie looks fantastic. But I, unfortunately, I was annoyed throughout a lot of the movie. I mm-hmm. the nonstop like slowly slowly going down the hall, the long hallways, people just standing just standing there just standing and staring, staring they're, they're just standing and staring like it it got annoying to me it it was frustrating and it this this is the exact same way i felt with Valhalla Rising it, very very similar where it's just people standing there they're just hanging out and it's just like f- static shot of them just standing there hanging out
1: and then, then the best part is they will deliver a line and then they'll wait like twenty seconds until they deliver the next line.
0: Well, the I, I love that, and, and I thought that the dialogue was the dialogue is awful. It was atrocious. It's like I couldn't like even a 13-year-old. believe. Thirteen year old. What was the? It was like it was way at the beginning of the movie. I think it was the brother that said something, and it was like the most cliched line. Don't I, spend it
1: all in one place. Yes, that's it. Are you fuck. Are you thirteen, <laughs> Reverend? Honestly, oh. apparently, apparently, he just read Oedipus Rex and watched some Jordowarski films, and this is what he came up with. Like, because to, to me, this is just the whole at the very end where it's for Alejandro Jodorowsky. Yeah, I thought that that was an insult. Like, I'd like to know what Jordowarski thinks of this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of. um one one of the things that made me laugh in addition to Ryan Gosling screaming take it <laughs> <talking> off about... <laughs> I, he's I'm, the greatest screamer ever i love the take it off scene um the there's a scene where he's sitting there and i know that that doesn't narrow it down because almost every scene <laughs> is just them them sitting in a in a strange either strip club or brothel or just weird place um, there's a scene where he's just sitting there and then the camera just cuts to his crotch. It's just, it just cuts over to his crotch and then back away.
1: Well, I think that's the, the heavy-handedness of it. That right, just, exactly. You, you know, he has the penis envy with his brother and the whole Oedipus complex. And, I mean, he literally tries to re-enter the womb at one point. You could see it that way, or he's penetrating her. It's just, oh, my God, it is not subtle at all. No, and he just I, lays no. it on and... thick. I mean, there's even a scene where the, the the guy gets his eyes cut out like Oedipus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just... I, could, I couldn't take it. It's just like Reffin was in the room, just screaming in my face. Like, Get it? Get it? Oedipus. I, I, he slapping really while really doing it. Yeah, like his face is squarely up against mine.
0: Yeah, just, I... I found a lot of a lot of it to be problematic, and a lot of it was unintentionally funny. Like I, I there were several scenes that I laughed at because they were just so ridiculous. Like every scene, the uh the, the main the main villain, Chang. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every scene that he was in, he looked the exact same, and he was just standing the exact same way, just over and over, just him standing there. And
1: mm-hmm. I thought
0: that, and and at one point. There's you see it in in the trailer where he goes want to fight and then they get ready to fight and I was like oh yeah things are heating up and like that fight scene I thought was not great looking I liked no. that they that they started with the uh, over the top view I thought that, that was mm-hmm. cool but the fight itself I thought was pretty boring I, and
1: I could be wrong but this is the that's the section where I laugh the most because I think that's also where they intercut. The slowly fading out of the statue, where they were just cut between yeah. the fight and yeah. the goddamn statue. Yeah. So much. I don't know how many shots there are of that statue. Gosling clenching his fist, and Gosling clenching his fist, and him clenching his fist.
0: Like, that's all the film is.
1: Yeah. It's him clenching his goddamn fist.
0: Extremely... Extremely disappointing. I was I was really let down with this film. It's great. It's it's great though. Like everything's
1: beautiful. The framing is amazing. Like everything that takes place oh my in the God. hotel oh.
2: and yeah.
1: Chang's house when they're uh, during the chase scenes. You know, he's switching directions and everything. The music adds to it. The music is unbelievably tense and perfect.
0: I mean, but why why couldn't it's, it's like he just couldn't
1: hold back. He, yeah. he just kept jumping out and shoving Oedipus in your
0: face. I just wish that this was a normal story, a normal crime thriller. You know, it, I feel like if it was a normal crime thriller that had a a decent amount of dialogue, more dialogue than it has now, and just take away all this, all the symbolism, all that stuff, and just have a straight-up, gritty, stylized... Well, he's, thriller.
1: he's not going to do that.
0: Number one is,
1: repping can't write. You got to remember that. I just he don't... Can't write.
0: I feel like it could have been so much better if it was just a normal crime thriller.
1: I mean, he's a visual director. Like I said, he can't write.
0: He's never made a film where you're like, oh, that's decent writing. Yeah, I mean, his scripts are probably but, like 10 pages long.
1: But it's only... I just... I wish that he would realize that he's a visual director And not try to write anything. Just go full on style. Yeah, exactly. Don't try to add any substance, Nicholas. It doesn't work. It's terrible.
0: And there wouldn't have to be a lot of dialogue in this movie. I I would be happy with just the, the basic setup. Okay, he's going to kill the guys that killed his brother. Got it. Let's do it. And then just have him killing everybody. And have it be super stylized and great looking with the 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 uh, the slow dolly shots down the hallways and stuff like that and keep all that stuff in because it looked amazing although I, I will say by the end of the film I was getting a little bit tired of the red everywhere yeah I felt now
1: it- I'm I'm thinking because I had this thought today and this might i I might try this at some point and I might enjoy the film more I'm gonna watch the film on mute but. Have the soundtrack yeah, I was just gonna say, of the have, film,
0: yeah, in my headphones. Have, have the soundtrack going. I'd probably, I'd probably make it a lot more fun to I watch. I bet you,
1: I, I could almost guarantee you that it would jump from like a four to like a seven. Because I just found the dialogue that's there is just so irritating and just really amateurish. It's, I don't even know if you can say amateur.
0: It's, it's laughable. It, it it's, it's pretty bad. It's. It's honestly like a thirteen-year-old wrote it. Uh, there was something else, uh, like going back to the red. Now, there's a scene where he goes to see uh, Kristen Scott Thomas when she's in her hotel room, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, is this what hotel rooms look like in Thailand? <laughs> where it's like what? completely, it's like a black. You're walking into a dark room everywhere you go. <laughs> well, that's that's another thing I want to point out is, man, Thailand. Having a rough go
1: of it lately with films. <laughs> like, I'd hate to be on their tourism board. Like, they had to put up with this and The Hangover. Everyone just has this idea that Thailand is just hedonism crime haven.
0: Yeah. Uh, Graceland, which comes out on Blu-ray this week. This is another example. Yeah.
1: It, it's got to suck for Thailand.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you're giving... You're giving it, what, a, uh, you said a four? I'm giving it a four. Okay, I'm giving it a four and a half.
1: Four and a half.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yep. So there you have it. Uh, it's It definitely goes on my number one most disappointed list for the year. Yeah,
1: e- easily. Easily.
0: All right, let's go ahead and move on to some predictions. Last week we said... Uh, Turbo, these are Rotten Tomatoes scores. I said 65, you said 70, actual 66. Uh, Red 2, I said 46, you said 42, actual 40. So that's one and one. (laughs) RIPD, the big one, the big one. Uh, I said 40, you said 24, actual 11.
1: How, how did that do?
0: It did horribly. It, it got destroyed. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a huge bomb. Uh, the Conjuring, I said 70. You said 52. Actual 85. Well. I think you're going to have to see The Conjuring. Kevin. I, I think I do. It's, uh, I'm very, very curious to see what you think.
1: I'm, I'll probably check out The Conjuring.
0: Uh, I also wanted to mention, we didn't predict these, but a couple other scores. Computer Chess got an 87. Mm-hmm. Only God forgives got a thirty four <laughs> and the act of killing is uh, currently at a ninety eight percent Wow yeah uh, next week we have only one big re- big wide release, I believe, which is the Wolverine Ooh. this one man, this one is a complete crapshoot. i'm see, I'm afraid that with some of these movies, critics automatically hate them because of how bad the previous one was yeah. Like, I wonder if that happens, where they just go in hating it, and oh, yeah. they never, yeah, like, yeah. they don't... Well, well think sh- about it.
1: This is Hugh Jackman doing Wolverine for the sixth time. I mean, yeah, like that. a lot of people are sick and tired of it by now. Uh,
0: not me. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess 56. I'm going to shoot high, hope hope that it at least hits a 56.
1: I'm going to say 52. Uh
0: in limited release, we have The To-Do List, which is the Aubrey Plaza one. I think that's limited. I don't think that's getting yeah. a wide release. Yeah. Uh, Blue Jasmine, which is Woody Allen's new film. I'm mildly interested that. in that. Frankenstein's Army, which I'm actually interested in. Wasteland, which I uh, just mentioned. And Johnny Toe's Drug War, which I'm very interested in seeing. Mm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Johnny Toe.
1: Johnny Toe.
0: Let's talk about DVD and Blu-ray releases. This is for Tuesday, July twenty-third. We have Ginger and Rosa. Uh Kiss of the Damned, which we gave, I think it was something like a three and a half or four or something like it, that. It was it wasn't good. Yeah, not <laughs> not too good. The silence, uh Star I'm actually
1: I'm actually very interested in that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Starbuck, which uh that's playing on demand right now. I I haven't gotten around to, to seeing that, but is that, that's
1: is that the is that the Pinball one?
0: Yeah, that's gonna be remade. <laughs>
1: that's uh, that's just unbelievable.
0: And it's the same director too. Uh ah, it's the same same everything. <laughs>
1: that, ne- that never works so. out.
0: No, never. Trance uh which you 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 saw that, but I didn't. Danny Boyle. yeah. Eh, I'll probably yeah. I'll probably just like a light recommend. Yeah, it's a it's a
1: it's an enjoyable entertaining film, I guess. Uh, it's Twixt,
0: special.: Twixt is finally coming out. Francis Ford Coppola. Oh I want to see this That's terrible. I want to see how I want to see how bad it is. It's terrible.: Welcome to The Punch, which is another James McAvoy starring film. Graceland, which I just mentioned. highly recommend that. Jeffrey Dahmer files, which I thought was was decent. It's an okay doc. Uh, And Pieta, which which I also recommend checking out.
1: Yeah, it's Aaron. It's an okay one.
0: I got uh, both of those on the same day in the mail from Draft House. Ooh. Sent me some Blu rays. Boom. Haven't had a chance to check them out yet. Uh, Any other DVD and Blu rays? Uh, We
1: have two criterions, one of which is Ang Lee's The Ice Storm from 1997 coming out on Blu ray. Which I've not seen. No. I, it just I, doesn't interest me at I all. I
0: vaguely remember it. I remember my parents liking it a lot. Yeah, my it does dad. seem like a,
1: it. seems like the type of movie parents would like. Yeah,
0: my dad was really into that movie. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I know that my wife saw it like sometime this year. She thought it was okay. Which didn't really sell me on it. And I'm not a huge Ang Lee fan. So Nor probably never... Probably never going to check it out. Uh, The only other film is Bebet's Feast from 1987 by Gabriel Axel. Uh, Apparently this is supposed to be awesome. It's amazing. Mm. I don't know. The ultimate film about food. Cool.
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, Next week on the show, we will be interviewing the director of Jug Face, which I'm pretty excited (laughs) to... uh, Jugface. Face. Pretty, pretty excited to talk to him um, about that, because I it's such a weird little movie.
1: I just I want to try and figure out a way to use that more often.
0: Jugface. Face. Jugface. Face. <laughs> face. And we're also going to be doing a feature review of Active Killing and probably The Wolverine as well. We'll probably have Ernie. Oh
1: my god. No, you're going to have me. I'm going to go watch The Wolverine. Something tells me you're not. No. No, I'm not going
0: to do that uh, that'll do it for all latest film news and reviews visit us at filmpulse.net send us an email at feedback at follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and be sure to rate us on iTunes we appreciate that very much for filmpulse.net, my name is Adam I'm Kevin and we will see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie
1: Ice truck killer. Nice truck killers all
0: all over this. Place. Yeah, yeah, he is. There <laughs> <Yeah>, he is. <laughs>